Hello and welcome to another edition of Sunday Stories presented by North Church Guthrie, where we tell the stories of the people who make North Church Guthrie such a special place. I'm your host, Corey White, and we're joined by our guest today, Carol Andrietta. Carol, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let me begin by asking just what, what you do at North. What, how do you serve? I serve on the uh, prayer team. Uh, one of the, co- the coordinator. I serve on the usher team, and uh, we serve in small groups. Wherever Pastor Hetty asks us to step up and serve, we're there. How did you get involved in North Church? It was kind of interesting. We were searching for a church, and I went online and was looking. We had tried a couple other churches in the area, and they were good churches. It just didn't click. And I went online and looked, and I saw a sign for a thing for North Church, and it had the youth group painting and reconstructing, helping a house over by the school that year. And that touched us because we had been very involved in when our kids were in youth of doing service projects. And then another friend of my sister's recommended it. She talked to somebody at the park, and that lady was actually from, she said, well, she could come to my church, but she probably wouldn't like it because she was a uh, a Mormon church here in Guthrie. She said, but I talked to a lady at the park and she talked about North Church. Okay. You know, you get two references, it's time to go check it out. <laughs> and here we are. The rest is history. What do you love about it? It's family. It's home. It's comfortable. I mean, there is no strangers at North Church. And it's just been a place that we, all of our family is far away, other than my sister and her husband next door. And we've only been here less than two years and yet we feel like we're a part of the family. Mm-hmm. We don't feel like outsiders. We feel loved. There's so many people here. If we need had an emergency need, I know I could pick up the phone and they'd be there for me. And that's I, that's what it's all about. Yeah, excellent. Tell me about you. Are you from Guthrie originally? No, I'm originally from a small town in Illinois. Uh, if you draw a line from St. Louis to Vincennes, Indiana, it's right there. It's all in the Illinois, and it's the home of the white squirrels. That is their claim to fame. They have a huge colony of albino squirrels with the pink eyes. And that's their big claim to fame. (laughs) Are they they cute or are they ugly? Oh, they're beautiful. They are beautiful. You'll see a mama gray squirrel with two or three grays and a white one in the club. It's just one of those freaky things. But that's the side of the police cars. Everything is the white squirrels. Mm -hmm. But it's awesome. Yeah. How did you end up in Oklahoma? In Oklahoma, the Lord took me... The long journey of different places, I ended up in Springfield, Illinois, and Riverton area for about 20 years. And I was working for, I uh, started with Cell One, then it went to Singular, then it went to AT&T, you know, with all these different buyouts and mergers. And I survived several, and then it came the time that they were downsizing again, and I had a choice to find another place within the company. And my beloved husband said, anywhere that's warmer than Central Illinois, <laughs> and a position they called me for in Dallas, Texas. So we were in Plano area for 12 years, and then the Lord moved on us again. And we've always told him, even when he moved us from one church to another there in Texas, when he calls, we're going to do. My sister and her husband were looking to move, and somehow we both ended up following the lead and ended up here in Guthrie, built homes next to each other. We were able to bring my father here when he got ill and couldn't live on his own, and he uh, was out at Ash Street for about a year and a half till he passed away in March. And so Guthrie's home. The Lord, the Lord brought us here. There's no other way of saying it because we had never even heard of Guthrie, mm-hmm. shame to say. And now we love it. What do you love about it? I love the small town appeal. 
there's a few things in shopping I miss, but I love the friendliness. I love the downtown area, the stores, the quaintness, the little shops. It's just a friendly, sweet little place. I almost look like, well, where's Aunt B sitting <laughs> on our porch? <laughs> the homes are beautiful. Uh, we came in shortly before COVID, so we heard about all these things like the Victorian Christmas walk. We didn't get to do it this the first year, and last year it was canceled, some things. We are excited at seeing all the community involvement, all the festivals, all the activities. I mean, it's not a sleepy little town. There's a lot going on if you want to avail yourself to it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your beloved husband. Tell me about him. Albert is my best friend. We push each other to be better. We've been together for uh, 26 and a half years. As far as husband and wife, we uh, dated for about a year and a half before that, and we were lucky. We met at church, and he um, was a visitor, and the Lord, uh, we connected pretty quickly. He says he told his brother-in-law on the way home that first day that he was going to marry me someday. I hadn't connected quite that far. But <laughs> <laughs> it took you, took you a little longer. <laughs> it took me a little longer, and I knew he was a young Christian coming from a Catholic background. I wanted him to grow and be in church for the love of God the way I was. I didn't want him coming just to win me over. So we were not in any hurry, just grow, and it couldn't be better. We have between us four wonderful kids, two fur babies, <laughs> And it's empty nesting, and we're having a good time. So the kids are grown, but it's a blended family? Yes, sir. So, yes. I, and they all lived with us at one time. Okay. What, what's it like raising a blended family, maybe trying to raise someone who's not your biological child? It's a challenge because they have a different background. They have a different standards. They, uh, We found times when they would be with their – my kids never got – got to go with their dad. He was down in South Carolina and pretty well stepped out of their picture. Albert's children went to see, at first when we were early in the marriage, they went to see their biological mom, Sandy, every other weekend, and then they would come back with, well, they could do that at her house, or they could do this, or they could do that, and we had certain standards, and it was a challenge. Uh, Dr. James Dobson wrote a book, Step Parenting's not parenting's not for cowards, and then there was a sequel. Step parenting is not for cowards, and there's a lot of truth in it, because you know, it did put challenges. Because we tried very hard. It wasn't my kids or your kids; it was our kids. But because it came from different backgrounds, they didn't always think and receive things the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not always as clean as as the Brady Bunch makes it out oh, to be. Yeah. And we didn't have Hazel to help with the housework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alice. Yeah, Alice. Alice. <laughs> She should have been named Hazel, though. I don't. Know. That was a gross misoversight by the by the Brady Bunch people. Uh, did you grow up in the church? Are you? Uh, were you have you always kind of been a Christian? Have you always uh, been uh, faithful in your walk? Yes and no. My parents. My dad always prayed over meals. My uh, grandmother on my dad's side took me to church every time I would get to stay with her. Over they were like thirty miles away and all. My parents were hit and miss in their attendance, so I didn't have a lot. But I was available. I could go to VBS. I could go to some things. And as I got older, by the time I could drive, then I could go on my own and started growing from there. And after my teenage years, yes, I've always been in church. Even with when I came against struggles and times, that was, that was my anchor. That was my family. That was my connection to 
yes, I can pray to God at home. I can lay on my face and cry out to him. But it, it, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of your together of like. And we do it not to help each other, but to, we get help ourselves. And that's where we are. We love being in God's house and helping and reaching out. Small groups, I mean, we're all about that kind of stuff. What, what is your small group? You mentioned that a uh, several times. I'm right now in with uh, Tracy with Chicks for Freedom, and we have an amazing time. We are going through, we do lessons out of um, Uversion, and we may do a three-day three lesson. We may do a five-day lesson. We go through it, for the devotional, the verses, the comments. We study back and forth. And then we come together on Wednesday nights, and we discuss it, and we lay out hurts. We lay out challenges. Why was this easy? How did this work for you? Oh, that was a good idea. I might try that in my own application. And it's just a close-knit group of women, and we're growing. The last couple of weeks, we've had to add chairs to our little room which is kind of a cool problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad problem to have. What are some of the challenges uh, you're seeing from your group? Just, you know, nothing specific, but that, that women are facing right now. Women are facing trying to be all for everything. Sometimes they just, we have to learn, it's harder for us to say no. I really think for women to say no, I can't take another thing on. A lot, we've got a few women that are strong at saying no and knowing her boundaries. But a lot of us is, yeah, I'll do it. And then we're trying to figure out, okay, what can we trim out of our schedule to make this work or make this commitment? Because, you know, we're a wife or a single mom or mom or friend, sister. I mean, we've got a lot of people pulling at us and our house and things there. And I'm very lucky. I have a husband that loves to cook as much as I do or maybe even more. So some of these women, though, they're carrying all that by themselves. And then when somebody comes and says, hey, will you help us with this project? Or will you, will you help us like with the women's meeting we had a couple weeks ago? It's hard for some people to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we really are working on boundaries. And it's okay to say no. It's okay to have a boundary. Yeah, there, there's a, it's a subtle art to, mm-hmm. to say no, but it's an art you need to learn because, I mean, you're not useful to anybody if you're burnt out. And exactly. That's the thing. You know, if you burn yourself out, you know, you're, you're in a worse spot than if you just said no. And, right. And you're not going to be help, any help to anybody. And a lot of the girls are going through that with their job. The boss comes and says, hey, can you add this on? Yeah. Can you do this by tomorrow? And I learned in my job to say, yeah, no problem, but what on this list that you've already given me can be put off? Mm-hmm. Put it back on them. And instead of saying no problem and missing yeah. deadlines and stuff. Yeah, saying, hey, uh, what, what are we moving around if yeah, yeah if, if I'm going to get this done? And a couple of the younger girls in the group, they said, wow, I never thought about putting it back on the boss. <laughs> well, maybe they don't know what you're still working on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not, it's not that necessarily they're trying to be mean. It's just that they, you know, they've got their own things going on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. How do people get involved in the group if they want? If they're if they want all to go? they need to do is be here on Wednesday nights, uh, G three. It meets at Wednesday nights at six thirty for the next couple weeks, and then we'll be taking a break in the summer. But they can reach out to Tracy Zerden, to myself, to Bernie, and they can point them toward a group. There's several great groups. There's couples groups. There's financial peace groups, and some of the groups are going to continue to meet through the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our group will either be meeting on the patio or we probably will be meeting. One of our girls has a nice fenced backyard where the littles, because there's no child care. If there's littles, they can play without getting out in the road and things like that. So we made it work quite well last year with the backyard, the patio. Mm -hmm. So just reach out to us. Reach out to me.
we will connect you with a group that meets what your likes and desires are. Excellent. You you mentioned your work. Do you are you are you still working or you're what did what did you do? You worked cellular. You said I worked for AT and T. Well, I started oh, with Cell One, and okay. through the years, it was all with the cellular. I worked a little over thirty years with in cellular telecommunication with regulatory compliance. So I was the one that had to look at the things like. Is there, are we building on tribal land? Is there things we'd be concerned of? Is there endangered species? How high does the tower have to be before we put lights on it? All of that clearance before we can ever build a, a cell tower mm-hmm. for coverage. Or like downtown Guthrie, the ones you see on top of some of these old buildings, the hoops they have to go through that, the public just has no idea of jumping through the hoops they have to go through. Because this is an historical district yeah. and historical buildings. So there's more hoops to jump through. So that's what I did the last... Oh gosh, 17, 18 years I was with it. Before that, I was in accounting and stuff like that. But that was the exciting part was the regulatory compliance. Yeah. But you've 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 hung up. But you uh, you've hung that up. But you're you're keeping yourself busy though. What, oh yeah. What, what does keep you busy? Right now, we're still doing a lot of cleaning up after we've had fam- some family members to die and a lot of paperwork there. I'm still working on for my dad. But my passion is getting back into quilting. I love to quilt. I love to just go down to Sooner Quilts and just look at all the pretties. <laughs> and we spend a lot of time together. If we are, if he's out doing something, a lot of times I'm right there with him or he's with me, whatever. We're, we do a lot of things together and we enjoy that. We enjoy, even if it's just a trip to the grocery store or Costco, we enjoy that. And, that, and this year we're doing uh, INSOM, North Church School of Ministry. So we have a lot of uh, Tuesdays, the class, and a lot of reading and lot this last book we're reading we're doing an audiobook and do it sitting there and going through it together which has been kind of a fun experience the seven habits of highly effective, effective people, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a dense read it's a it's dense, a dense read, read. Yeah. and it seems like the audiobook following along helps our you know i thought i hung up giving oral reports and book reports 50 years ago <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we go in inside class what are we doing here but you know what we're enjoying it what what compelled you and for those who don't know this is north school of ministry and it's a program where you uh you have to tell what is north school of ministry well it is a program to help develop leaders volunteer leaders some of them are on staff leaders and they really help you look at yourself and grow within yourself look i mean they've had some amazing books uh the first one i'm drawing a blank uh I can see it. <laughs> then the second one was uh, The Tale of Three Kings. Mm-hmm. And now we're into this one. And it is just, if you don't see yourself in these books, you're not reading. You're scanning. You're speed reading. You're missing things. Or you're next to perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's, it's an awesome. We come together once a week and meet and go over what we've studied, we've read. We have our cohorts, our small table group discussion. And it's really been a blessing. What compelled you to, to for you and, and Albert's doing it as well, your husband, what, what compelled you all to, do, to decide to do this? The Lord. Had he asked us, he asked us a year ago, and we said, no, we weren't ready for it. <laughs> and it really worked out good because with some deaths in the family and all, it wouldn't have worked out that year. This year, things are, we lost my father in March, but it still worked better than it would have been. We had more trips. See, when we have things like that happen, we're traveling back to Illinois to help take care of things. So it's not like you can go across town a few hours and do some things. But, you know, 
we stepped up and doing more here in the church and it was time it was time it was it's been a very very good read a very good study i'm glad we're there and it's kind of one of those things that uh you you get what you put into it right i mean if you you can go and phone it in or not show up but um if you go and you you're engaged and you're doing the reading you're 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 gonna learn something uh if you don't there's something yeah something wrong yeah is there so something uh but with you and and albert and in constantly learning i mean again it's you know i mean you're at a stage in your life where maybe you could just say hey it's you know we're just gonna we're gonna watch tv <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna sit on the couch and watch tv but do it's you, tempting to veg out in front of the tv but i'll tell you we have watched less tv in the last six months than probably ever in our life because we're reading or we're doing you know we've got different activities with the church we're mentoring I just finished up mentoring my girl that I had this semester and sent her off back to Alabama. She graduated college yesterday uh, with her doctorate of physical therapy. Hmm. And I mean, there was a lot of tears shed and I didn't know how much she talked about me to her family and her pastor and all that came in. I mean, they all felt like they knew me. And I just really look forward to that. Albert's got two or three people he's mentoring. So we stay busy, we find things to do and you know we can have a date night going to Costco or Sam's Club or something we enjoy each other's company and we've had so many friends and people that die in our age group and wish they would have spent more time with each other they're never going to ask you on your deathbed you never hear anybody say and I know several people have quoted several pastors I wish I'd spent more time at the office yeah or, or watching uh, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gunsmoke so, reruns is yeah. our bad habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mentoring. I, and Albert actually mentored me. So I, I know and I, we've had Albert on the show, and I'm, I, I won't belay that because I, I gave him a little bit too much of a plug in the last, on his episode <laughs> about how great of a mentor I thought he was. But what, what is the, the value in mentoring to you, and what do you, what do you get out of it? You know, it's like the teacher gets a lot of times more than the student does when you're tutoring somebody. I get a lot out of it, but I pour into these, this young lady I had this time. She had a lot of things and struggles, and we would just go back, well, what is your heart telling you? What is your mind telling you what you want to do? And what's God telling you? What's God really laying on your heart? What does the Bible say about this? And we work through a lot of her challenges, a lot of her fears, by going back to God. And that's what mentoring is, is pointing people, for me, pointing people back to God and helping them grow in their relationship, in their walk with God, and going that deeper walk. That's what he's called both of us to do this spring, is to go deeper and get out of the shallow water. And the vision he gave me was that exactly that. We were on our cruise, and we were in one of those private bays and snorkeling, and I am a non-swimmer. Okay, snorkeling in salt water wasn't bad. I could see the see the sand below me. And Albert says, come on out here. There's the pretty coral and the pretty fish are down about 15, 20 feet. And I look out there and it's dark. <laughs> no way, ain't happening. And now God called me to go deeper. But he told me when he called me that, that he would be with me every step of the way. So I'm not swimming alone. 
I've heard the line that says that like that that is their domain and you, you, you <laughs> stay stay out of their domain. Stay right? out of their that's, domain. That, that's where they've got the power down there. So. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> being a non-swimmer. It just no, I. It just but and I thought it was interesting when God called me to go deeper. He used the vision of my fear to tell me he would be with me and it would be okay. So that's a good metaphor to go deeper, you know, get out, get out of the shallow end and and go into the deep end. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. You also, uh, you and Albert both, uh, recently got baptized or rebaptized up here. And, uh, there's some great photos of you online and, and him as well. And what, what compelled you to, uh, to get back, re-bap- was it baptized or rebaptized? Rebaptized, re-baptized. for both of us. Okay. It, I was baptized at 17 as a teenager, 16, 17. No one in my family was there. My parents didn't come, this or that. But I, that's why I knew I had to, I was told I needed to do it, but I didn't understand all the whys. And so I went through it. But I've always said, well, I was baptized once. But when that Easter Sunday, when he laid it on my heart and showed me to go deeper with him, that I needed to take that step and make that public proclamation that I was going deeper with the Lord. And that's what the rebaptized, you know, when I talked to Hetty about it, that's what he thought it was just great. And that's why I wanted to come out with that joy of deeper. I understand what baptism is all about. I understand the Holy Spirit and the things so much better than I did as a 16, 17-year-old kid. But I'm going deeper. Mm-hmm. And that's what the water represented, not only the cleansing, but the it was a visual image of going deeper and coming up a fresher, newer person. Yeah, there's something to be said about, a, a, I'll, I'll say, a rededication. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just in, in rededicating yourself and, and, and that, that ceremony, and it's more than a ceremony, but it's, you know, just that visual of the fact that I'm rededicating myself to Christ, and there, there's something really powerful in that. It's kind of like a diet. You can tell yourself you're on a diet, but if until you, you make it extremely public, you can kind of just slide back off. Making that rededication public just added one more layer of uh, accountability, commitment mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And that was, you know, I, I wanted people to know that God is real and alive and he's working yeah. on us. That's good. Uh, quilting. Yes. Quilting. So what, what goes into making a quilt? I don't, I don't, I don't have no, any idea. I mean, I just... Is it you could like crocheting kind of thing? Or, no, I mean, you needles? take your fabric and you cut this. Kind of my, my husband once says, why would somebody want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? You take these yards of beautiful fabric and cut them into little pieces and make new designs and sew them together either on your machine or by hand. And it's a form of an artwork, really. And then you layer that, sandwich the top with the batting, and then put it on the back, and you either... Tie, sew it by hand, sew it on your machine, or send it to a long armor that puts it together with all fancy stuff. But you can take things that are sentimental to you. I've seen several people take their dad's shirts or their mom's, some of their mom's old dresses, and make quilts or pillow tops to share with all the kids to have a memory of mom. Hmm. So it's it's an artwork. It's a it's a release for me. I sewing was something I've. One of my first memories with my mother was sitting behind her sewing machine snipping threads and laying out the squares as she was sewing quilt squares. And now I can look back, she was homeschooling me. I learned the difference between a square and a rectangle. I learned my colors. I learned the, all this different stuff that now they call schooling. And I was like, 
probably two and a half, three years old, sitting behind her sewing machine doing that. <laughs> it's good that you remember that. That is one of my first memories of doing something with my mom. Yeah. That's... Maybe that's why quilting is dear to my heart. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a certain um, remembrance there. Mm -hmm. Do you sell the quilts? Do you just keep them? How many? I was just getting back into it after being retired. So I haven't made that. I gave, we gave some away, some baby quilts to guys that was out in Albert's group in Illinois or in Texas in your small group. And, you know, I'm hoping to make a lot more. Selling them at this point, what goes into a good quality quilt, it takes somebody that really appreciates it too. Mm -hmm. The fabric is about $15, $16 a yard. Not cheap. Not cheap, no. Because you want to put in something that's not going to fall apart after three washes. Yeah. Because the time and labor is going to be the same. So let's do it with good stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you all get, uh, what do you get, I think it was Albert telling me you got an RV. Is that? Yes, we did. RV? We recently bought a camper uh-huh. and we're looking forward to that. And uh, we've got the driveway rework. So we'll hopefully bring it home the next week if the rain dust lets up on us. And we're really excited about that. And I'm already trying to figure out, okay. Yeah, I can't, I can't take, I don't know if I'll be able to take my little sewing machine. I see a lot of them do that on their long trips, but I can probably be cutting and piece, cutting and getting things organized. And there'll be some quilt shops along (laughs) some of these trips. Albert, Albert's going to have to stop you. I just see you going out. We're stopping in this town. Well, I, (laughs) I see, I see a quilt shop pull over. Albert does a big U-turn, that <laughs> big giant camper. <laughs> there's got to be some destinations like over in Arkansas. There's a big place I want to go. There's one up in Missouri, Star Quilting. There's some places, but it's no different than we go to his gun places and things. So we appreciate each other's love and activities. That's good. You got to spend. You you kind of have to. You have to share in each other's passions, yes. right? And you have to. Even it's a given trade. He doesn't get in quilting with me, but he will go in the store and look around. and Or he'll say, I'm going to the car and take a nap and look, come out when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, too, because that's respect of each other. Yeah. But we're not staying home. We're not into that. Some couples take, and we know several, we have some in the family, that take separate vacations. They'll do the girl trip and the guy trip, but they never do a family trip. Or just take off. We're not into that. Now, if one of us wants to go, like, to True North or some kind of event, but just uh, get his buddies and go hang out in the woods for a couple weeks or whatever, that's just not us. We enjoy each other's company too much. The families that vacation together stay together. That's what I've heard. (laughs) That's what I've heard. So, yeah, we we like that. And you have, you mentioned two Two puppies. Right, so two let's finish babies. with what we got. Two fur babies. Tell me the the important stuff. Now that we've got all the all the unimportant stuff out we of the way. Tell me about the fur babies. Little Lucy is a rescue. The best we can figure out, she's about fifteen years old. She was rescued as a mama from a puppy mill. She'd been very abused and very scared of men forever. It took Albert many many boxes and many many nights of puppy treats to win her over, but he finally did through the years. And so she's our old. She's getting kind of deaf, kind of blind, definitely kind of blind. But her hearing, hearing is still good, especially when he get, grabs the treat bag. She comes to life. <laughs> and then we have Leroy. He's our Lucy's a toy poodle, and Leroy's a standard. And he is, we've had him about five years now, I believe. And he is our baby too. But he, we've got a fifty pounder and a ten pounder. Fifty pound dog. That's a big dog. 
Well, his predecessor that we are first standard poodle was 85. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah, that's a big dog. So we, it's we a love poodle? Them. You had yeah, a poodle poodles. that was 85? I didn't know they could get that big. Well, when they get spoiled with people food and they do have <laughs> the standards that are on the giant side, yeah. Yes. Put that put that poodle on a treadmill. What's in store for, for you and Albert? What's, what's the future going to hold? You know, we're up to what the Lord wants. We'd always dreamed, talked about young in our marriage of going to be, join the Baptist Builders, which they were groups that would go and a young country church, a small town church or a small church would have their property built, they'd have their foundation work done and they'd have all the lumber there. And then the Baptist builders would be mainly retired people pull in in their motorhomes and their trailers and spend a week and a half, two weeks putting up the sides, painting the inside, building the church mm-hmm. and giving it over. And with health issues and not as nimble as we once were, that door seems to have kind of closed. But we can see a lot of opportunity of witnessing and sharing with people in campgrounds or whatever. We're kind of open to what God's going to call us to do. We really don't know that we're open. Excellent. That's all you can do is just be open to the next thing. Mm-hmm. What, what are you grateful for? I'm just grateful for a Lord that loves me and forgives me. Even when I mess up really, really bad, he doesn't judge me. He throws it in. The, when I say I'm sorry, he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm thankful for our church family, our home. I'm thankful for my husband I'm, that we have the help to go into when we've had some friends in our age group in the last four or five years that have lost their spouses. I'm thankful I have, we have each other. Yeah. And thankful for our kids. They've all turned out pretty good. I mean, they all have their challenges, but none of them are in jail. None of them have any major issues, so we celebrate that. Yeah, that's a blessing. <laughs> that is a blessing. So we, we just count our blessings where we see them. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Carol. Thank you uh, for being on the show. This has been great. Thank you, Corey. All right. That is Carol Andrietta. She was our guest today on Sunday Stories, presented by North Church Guthrie. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Sunday Stories. We'd love you to follow us on Facebook or Instagram. North Church services are live streamed on Facebook or YouTube, or you can join us for a live physical service every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11. North Church Guthrie services take place at 2219 Woodlawn Avenue, just off of I-35 and Highway 33. We'd love to see you there. And as always, love God, love people, and follow Jesus.